welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast, where we are becoming better DJs through passion and purpose. And now your host, David Michael. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I am your host, David Michael. I'm hanging out with the homie, Mr. Trip Turlington. As always. And finally back in studio, the one and only Mr. Modingo. What? Uh, Welcome back, man. Thank you. Yeah. You've been like slacking or something. Uh, just a little bit. <laughs> Where have you been? Going on. Um, all over Indiana, for the most part, um, doing a lot of football games and watching a lot of football games with both of my boys being involved in that good old American sport. So yep. were you that? Were you playing? Were you DJing for all those games, or were you just supporting? Uh, for my son that's in high school, I DJed all those games. So, okay. yeah, I would drive to their high school uh, about an hour and a half away, give or take, with traffic. And actually, I did take some videos that I need to kind of edit mm. and upload to kind of give people an idea of what I do. Right. But, you know, playing music uh, before the game. Uh, yeah, because that's, that's one element. I haven't seen you in that element yet, yeah. the the playing for the, the sports team thing, yeah. which I'm really curious about that because I know that you bring in, like, your control F1 and mm-hmm. do a little bit of like sampling and, and things. And I'm, I'm curious as to how all that works. And with the F1 made a lot of um, audio loops and clips, one shot, stuff like that, you know, depending on what was going on in the game, you know, doing different things. But the one thing I did this year that the boys asked me to do was make them like a, um, an entry song. And what I did was modify the, I don't know if you've seen that movie, the purge. I haven't seen it, but I, I've I'm never familiar seen it with either. the concept. Yeah. So I guess when the purge starts, there's this siren goes off and there's this like, you know, warning that goes across the television, you know, for the next 12 hours, all murder okay. will be legal. You know, so <laughs> I modified that. I took the word murder out. I just I think I just put crime in there or something. <laughs> and it says something, you know, a couple other controversial things. So I kind of edited that out. But it's like and then the siren goes off and then the boys would run out. Um, you know, they had smoke machines going, yeah. they had a cage because their mascot is the Bearcats. So they had a cage in front of them and they're like rocking the cage. And then as mm. soon as that's all done, they would go out onto the field and the band would start playing. And then I would play, a, you know, a couple old school, just instrumental tracks. Security of the First World by Public Enemy was mm. one of the ones I would play. So just like a steady beat and stuff yeah. they can rock to like while they're in their um, huddle, like kind of rocking back and forth, like you see, like a lot of the NBA teams do and stuff. So like you that. do right. like the the musical programming for the entire game. So is that true? Uh, yeah, <clears throat> for for the actually for the action pieces of the game, like I'll play tracks during that. But during the timeouts, the band will play something. Okay. And I get with the band director, and we kind of have like a series of signals, so I know what he's going to do, so that way I don't step on him. And then also I coordinate with the the coach of the cheerleaders, so. Like she'll kind of flash, you know, wag me down, so that way I know not to step on them too. But gotcha. Like during halftime, they'll usually have some sort of show, and I'll play something to carry us through halftime. Do, but do they, they give you like creative license for all that, or do they have certain requirements? Like no, you, we I want mean, you to play these songs at least. Or we, there were know? a couple times where the band had something else going on, so I'd play like the fight song okay. and do the national anthem. But other than that, I just I I do me. What about so Lily's in cheer? So they mm-hmm. they do their little like halftime cheer routines. Mm-hmm. Do they do you play those as well, or is uh, that a thing? There was one time they did ask me to do that, but they already had that um, put together for me. Right, right. So it wasn't like you how you had how you got hosed on that twelve hour project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't talk about that. <laughs> well, you got to bring up old shit. No. <laughs> but no, uh, I just dropped the track form. Okay, and played it over their PA system. And, but during the third quarter, the band takes the break. So then I'm responsible for, like, during touchdowns, playing the fight song and things like that. And then, you know, just been, you know, do, this is my second year of doing it. And 
I was a lot more uh, proficient at it this year. It took me mm-hmm. like the first game I had to kind of get my my mind right again right. and get all that <clears> stuff <throat> done, get the rust out. But you know, by the second game, I was all into it. And there was a couple games where the radio station was there in the booth with me. Mm. So uh, it was really kind of cool because one of the announcers was about my my same age. So I'd be, I was playing like some older tracks and he'd be like, oh, no, no the DJ's <laughs> playing some Public Enemy? Oh, son. <laughs> nice. You know, so it was pretty cool to kind of hear him speak into the mic, you know, talking to his audience about what I was doing. So that was pretty cool. Did you get involved in that because your kids were playing football or was that a separate? So I think... It was my oldest son's sophomore year, you know, going to the games and it was just, and I hate to use this term, but it was boring other than mm-hmm. watching the games. Like, you know, during all this dead time, the cheerleaders would do something and it was just deathly silent. And then I approached the athletic director. I was like, hey, I'm Mo. <laughs> I'm a passionate so, DJ. So they didn't have somebody. No, they didn't have anything. Ah. So I just sort of approached that. Light bulb Again, came on. Huh? Exactly. Like, kind of like Tripp says, you know, be that value added that people want to utilize. Right. And so I approached her about it and I'm like, hey, this is what I do. This is what I think I can bring to it. You know, I, you know, I made her assurances. I'm not, I'm going to play clean tracks and all that stuff. Right. That's a, that's a really practical application of the entrepreneurial spirit yeah. that you've talked about on the show yep. a million and one times. Like see a need, fill a need thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like that that's that DJ in a coffee shop or at a fashion show or, you know, or, or something. You yeah, know? it's not always a wedding or a nightclub that needs a no, DJ. Right, right, yeah. right. Just finding a place that could use music and, and convincing them that they need the music. Right. So I think after the first game, uh, the AD, she was sold. And uh, this year they switched ADs. And so the very first time he saw me walking into the, in the field, he was like, oh, hey, they told me about you, you know, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm new, you know, just what, you know, can you tell me what you do? And I was like, well, I gave him an explain. And he kind of looked at me funny. I was like, you'll see once the games gets rolling. And he's like, so how do we, how do we take care of you? I was like, uh, just give me pizza and water and I'm good. <laughs> you know, cause he was expecting <laughs> to have to like, you know, cough up some cash. And I was like, no, you know, this is what I do for the boys, you know, to help them have a good time and kind of keep them motivated. You're like, I'm like here that. anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to be here anyway. You know, and if I was bored, you know, if I can make, the other, because they average probably about 500 or so in attendance, you know, if I can keep them, you know, a little bit entertained. But one thing I did notice this year, because so every year the the schedule rotates. So like the home games this year were our away games last year. Hmm. So as I went to the other schools this year, I noticed that some of the schools were playing music mm. and some of them were playing almost the exact same songs I was playing last year. So I was like, ah, <laughs> they got Mo Fever. They got Mo Fever. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then my other son, he plays, uh, he's a freshman at a small college just west of Indianapolis and been going to all his games and stuff like that. So that's been pretty cool to watch him as he goes on to that next level of football yeah. that not everybody gets the opportunity to. So kind of get that. I actually just get to sit and watch. Right. So that's a lot more, I won't say more entertaining, but the, it's different. I get to watch the game in a different way. Sure. Whereas with my middle son, Caden, I have to actually watch the game in a very, I guess, scientific and crowd reading way. Mm. And it's, it, it makes, it's very like, I have to watch the game very critically versus watching it as a fan. Right. So do you alter your programming based on what's happening in the game? Oh yeah, absolutely. Cause so, you've got a bunch of one shots yep. and stuff that are set up. So like, if there's like a, a really good, like blitz or something like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you've got some sound effects that you can like, <laughs> flawless victory exactly yeah. exactly but um 
so you can with the F1 you can color code everything. Yeah. And right. so I, to make it easy for myself, I do offense is blue, defense is red, and like everything in between that I can play for whatever circumstances purple. That okay. that is so smart. Like yeah. I, I know yeah. you've talked about that yeah. before, but I love that pragmatic approach. Like it's not. You know, people are like, oh, well, you got like RGP pads. That's like a big deal. Yeah. And right. Like you're actually showing a practical use yeah. for this. Like, right. no, right. I'm, I'm performing and I need colors to show me what I'm about. <laughs> right. to exactly. Right. Right. So then yeah. with the F1, you get 64 pads. So there's four separate pages. So everything that I know I have to play, whether it's like this, because I'll play um, song two uh, by Blur, by Blur, Blur. Uh, for a touchdown. Mm -hmm. So that's. Yeah, so and that's where and that's where I started at. So that's my it's that's page four, bottom left corner. I can tell you that right now because right. I know if, if it's a touchdown, I, I scroll all the way down and I hit that key that pad, yeah. boom. And then you know those that's where I keep all my my common ones. Like I have the the cowbell one because right. you know the moms right. out there they hit the cowbell and as the Christopher Walken, oh, you know, yeah. I got a fever, yeah. and the only prescription is more cowbell. <laughs> you know, so those those ones that I use on a routine basis, and like the okay. uh, the church bells, like when it's third down and the defense needs to come up with a big stop. Nice, nice. And then, yeah. but then everything else, like like the first page, that's like all my kickoff stuff. You know, so the um, what is it? I can't remember the name of the song, but it's that da na 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 na. Zombie Nation. Yeah, Zombie Nation. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that Zombie Nation. Whoa. Yeah. And I have the one with the crowd noise in it too. Yeah, so yeah. that's kind of cool. By the way, that theme, that uh, melody comes it's from. It's works, right? Well, it no, it comes from a Commodore 64 game. Really? I, I know that's no <laughs> really obscure. It's called yeah. Lazy Check Jones. Check out the big brain on Dave. It's, it's called Lazy Jones. <laughs> nice. And it was an old Commodore 64 mm. game. And then they picked a, a Kerncraft. 400 or whatever yeah. picked yep, yep. it up and turned it into that that mm. song yeah. yeah so like for that one that's on my first page upper left so you know i know where those couple critical ones are and like when the defense goes out for their first series you know i always play um that's awesome for whom the bell tolls you know as they okay. as they walk out and so there's certain things that i always nice. play at a certain time that's awesome and they just kind of gave you that that creative freedom to do that mm -hmm. and you've kind of built up your own routine around yep. that and then yeah, but this year awesome, man. but this year i took advantage of uh, my relationship with the athletes because they knew what i did last year i was like all right guys i need you know what songs do you want to hear and i would kind of go through them and make sure they were you know audience appropriate and if they weren't i would just at least get like a instrumental clip of part of that song and just loop it sure during whatever um particular action was occurring during that time in the game so right. there was a lot of times where uh I see him look towards the DJ, the the scorer's booth, and they point towards me. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and that, but like I said, the the key when I know I'm winning, you know, regardless of what the scoreboard says, is when I can look across the field and see the visiting team, <laughs> and like their cheater, their cheaters like rocking back and forth, and even their players are rocking back and forth. I was like, I got you, <laughs> right. I got you, right. Yeah. That's cool, man. Like I, I, I dig the professionalism there. That you, you take the time to like really dig in and like, yeah. okay, what's going to work for this? And, and I think that I mean that's probably critical to, to getting the kind of positive response that you want yeah. from from the parents and the crowd and the yep. players and, the, and all that kind of it, stuff. And, it, and it's fun because like uh, talking to those radio announcers, I think I did like three games with them. And they were like, man, when we do the state championship game, we're bringing you with us. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. So if you're listening, yeah, I'm waiting for that phone call, guys. Right. But yeah, happy to be back. In, we're glad to have you, buddy. In, in studios de Turlington to help bring the passion to the podcast. 
And uh, Tony will get back in here one of these days, too. I was going to say he picked up a couple extra dates. So, yeah, he was supposed yeah. to be back with us today, and then he got a couple more uh, tour dates where yep. he's doing uh, stage management and stuff. So No, no he, good deed goes unpunished. I that's mean, right. I, that's I did right. hang out with him a little bit last night. I, I went oh, over good. to his place, and we had a chat, just kind of caught up and hung out for a couple hours. And he's doing well, but he's... He's, he's ready working. to take a break. Yeah. Yeah, they're no they're working the shit out of him. Yeah, I was gonna say they they definitely uh, they they definitely get their money's worth out of him and a lot more. Yeah, yeah, because I I even felt bad for him. I think it was Monday. Like I we uh, grilled some uh, beef ribs and I sent a picture because I know he loves my beef ribs. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, dude, dude, you're in town, and I knew he was in town. I didn't get a response. He's like, dude, I was asleep. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh man. So I'll get you here soon, Tony. Uh, so it's Thanksgiving week. So, do you guys have any like uh, plans? Do you guys stay in town? You go out of town? What do you What do you guys do for Thanksgiving? All um, depends, really. Yeah, it, most of the time out of town for some kind of family thing. But then over the weekend, then we do stuff within town family. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, Thanksgiving weekend is usually pretty hustle and bustle for us. Yeah, same, same here. here. Uh, I'm not a big Black Friday dude. Yeah, um, me neither. I don't get down with that. Yeah. But Cyber Monday, <laughs> <laughs> Cyber Monday. However, I'm all on that piece. Yeah. All right. It's funny that you bring up Black Friday because from I started a little early this year, but from about like the hour after Thanksgiving Day <laughs> to <laughs> January 1st, I'm, I basically go off the grid yeah. for for business reasons for my you know our business that working we, like we a run. Smurf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we work in the online real t- retail space, my my wife and I, and so I kind of disappear for a while because it's our big season, and so I don't do the Black Friday thing because I ain't got time for all that. <laughs> but I have a I got asthma. I ain't got time for all that. <laughs> I have a, a good friend slash temporary employee that comes and stays with me for a couple weeks and helps me through the <laughs> through the hump there. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I get pretty busy, and I don't typically go too far from home. So we we try to visit as much family as we can really quick and right. You know, that's, that's and then back to the sweatshop. Back to the sweatshop, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't typically go out of town or anything, but uh, I do really look forward to it because I do get to see, even locally, I get to see family that I don't get to see very often. Yeah, and, and, and like every year it's like bittersweet because I'm like, oh my God, why has it been so long since I hung out with my cousins? And, yeah, you know, right. It's so good to see you. And then I know I'm not going to see them till the next time. Yeah, know? yeah. Same here. Like uh, just for even, I mean, we're in Dayton, Ohio, so you know, forty-five minutes away is you know Northern Kentucky and Cincinnati, and you know, so f- uh, friends and family down there that you know for years and years and years. I mean, Thanksgiving and Christmas Eve is when I see them, and um, and you know, every year we always say, you know, we're, we'll we'll do this more often. We got to get together more often, and uh, and you know, if I'm and then down next that Thanksgiving, way, hey, yeah. we got to do this again, uh, right? You know, <laughs> if I'm down that way, I do look those people up and try and make an effort to try to at least stop by and see them, but. It's not nearly often enough, you know, even that short a distance. Yeah. So what are you guys thankful for? Anybody want to volunteer? Should I go first? I'll go first. Okay. I'm thankful for the sync button. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Amen to that, brother. Send all hate mail to David at (laughs) (laughs) Passionate. Thankful for the sync button. Yeah. Got a lot more time in my hands now. Yeah. <laughs> more time to text and Instagram. That's right. <laughs> Got more time to put my hands up in the air yeah. and Snapchat. And, and throw cakes. Throw cakes. Oh, take that out. Take that out. Sorry. <laughs> what was it? More time to do uh, white raver rafting. White raver rafting, <laughs> yes. That was amazing, wasn't it? <laughs> That's good stuff. Me, I am thankful for the 
Amen break. Oh, yeah. There and, you go. And the That's think break. One. But also thankful for the sync button. <laughs> if, <laughs> I, if I must be honest. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll say, uh, yeah, this might be kind of obvious, but uh, thankful for our audience and our listeners, yeah. our listener base. Yeah. I mean, we've we're starting to notice a really cool community building around passionate DJ. And, uh, you know, a, a big part of that is our, our ambassadors, you know, who we've been working with yes. a little more closely. I'm very thankful for them. Yes. Um, I'm thankful for you guys as co-hosts specifically, uh, trip Tony and Mo. I mean, you guys have, I've, I've told you all this separately, but passionate DJ and the podcast specifically would not be where it is currently and where it's going without your guys's help. So, um, I, you know, I say it every chance I get, but, uh, I can't say it enough. So yeah, well, uh, we appreciate thank that. You. Yeah, yeah. No, well, cheers. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Uh, well, thank, I'm thankful up. that you started this dude, yeah. because like I said, how I found you, you know, when I was out in the desert and then lo and behold, you're actually in the city I live. I was like, you know, that's a double <laughs> thank you. you know? Thank you for being in Dayton. I don't know if I, that, that works like that. Though, You're welcome. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for, for, for bringing us on. I mean, it, it like Huge I was a fan, yeah. I was a fan before you had us come in, come online. So getting involved and it's been neat to see the evolution and to, to, for us to get where we're at. And like you said, to see the community start to form up and, yeah. and, uh, I'm, I'm, it, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, it's kind of a labor of love, you know, yeah. for, for all of us. Um, but it's, it's one of those things that it, it, the juice is definitely worth the squeeze. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's not lost on me that this requires a lot of time and dedication from you guys. So, uh, I, I don't think I could ever possibly bring up those thank yous enough <laughs> <laughs> for what you guys are doing for this show. Well, one other thing that I'm really thankful for is voicemail messages. And so I'm going to go ahead and play one from one of our ambassadors, who we are also very thankful for. This comes from DJ Brains. And here we go. He's just uh, not a question, but just some advice for newer DJs. Hey all, DJ Brains here. Just wanted to drop a line and say enjoying the podcast. Keep up the good work and, and look forward to future content and episodes uh, from everybody. Uh, I wanted to drop some thoughts today on beginning DJs. And uh, I want to start out with a thought about don't get overwhelmed when you're starting out. There's a lot of advice on technology, on techniques, on what you should and shouldn't do but uh, just remember you know what, what is it that you want to accomplish where do you want to be I like to kind of cherry pick from the different things that I read and see and and then apply them to what I want to do or where I think I, I'd like to go also uh, with that comes being open to new ideas Maybe we get set on saying, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to play this kind of music. Maybe uh, there's not a market for it in our area. It might switch things up a little bit. And then finally, I think it's most important to have fun. You know, if you're not having fun, then why are you doing it? And you're going to stop. So that's all I really had. Uh want to leave those thoughts with you and I'll catch you later. 
Man, I, you know, that, that last point really hits home for me because, you know, as long as I've been DJing, you know, uh, I think you and I, David, we talked about this um, uh, on, on an, one of the episodes where it was just you and I, but, you know, it, there there are times, I think I think we were talking about this when um, uh, when we were reviewing all of the, the uh, sound bites and clips from big DJs mm, okay. and Richie Hawkins yeah. and real and, and and Richie was talking about that feeling of getting lost and you know it, it, just that whole having fun bit like that's that's one of those things that sometimes I struggle to reconnect with when when I go through those phases is that like been doing it for so long that sometimes I forget why I do it and it's because it's fun it's a depressing realization yeah I think yeah. because you're like when you it's like it, the thought that you avoid having until there it is and you're like oh am i am i having fun right now when i'm doing this right right yeah uh yeah it's definitely important to keep that in mind you know not everybody is in this for a job you know this is the passionate dj podcast right, and right. if you have a passion for this obviously you want to curate that feeling and you want to make this a part of your life that brings you joy and and happiness and yeah, it's it's definitely something to keep in mind, and I think it relates a little bit to his second point, and this kind of ties in with what we were talking about with Mo and doing the sports events and mm-hmm. stuff. You know, finding finding that opening. It's it's not always, you know, it's the thinking outside of the box thing. Right. You know, it's like how do I want to fit this into my life in a way that makes me happy? It's not always in a way that's going to get me money. paid the most yeah. money or the most prestige, popular or the most prestige, yeah. right? Or that kind of thing. It's what's going to make me the happiest. And, right. and I think that those two things are, are very closely related. Well, even backing up to his first point, I love how we started at the end and worked our way backwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm on a, I'm, I'm a part of a community um, of producers uh, called Academy.fm. And okay. uh, it, it, that is a spinoff from the Cymatics crew. So if there's any producers out there who are aware of Cymatics, uh, they've got um, a new product or a new uh uh, community called academy.fm and one of the producers in that group said i'm thinking of starting to dj what are some things that i need to be aware of and uh or that i need to take into consideration and the very first thing that everybody jumped on was what gear he should use mm. and you know and, it, and for me it was like okay you know first you need to subscribe to the passionate DJ podcast. <laughs> well, no no because you want to wrap up with that no 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 right <laughs> You lead with that, and then it feels like a sales call. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, like, in my response, like, I, I did address the whole gear thing. Like, okay, if you're thinking of being this kind of DJ, you know, like, if you're going to be a club DJ where the standard is mostly Pioneer gear, maybe yeah. you want to consider these types of, you know, uh, this type of gear. Or if you're just going to be DJing in your house and you don't really care about that, then maybe you're going to care about this. Or if you want to nerd out and go old school, maybe you're thinking of turntables and blah, blah, you know, just I, I laid a bunch of stuff out like that, you know. And then I, I threw out something that, like, nobody else did. And it's the, the, the eternal question that we revisit here from time to time. And it's what is your why? Yeah. Why do you want to become a DJ? You know, are you just wanting to like play some tunes for yourself and your friends? Are you wanting to play your tunes out to crowds? Are you wanting to just put together personal mixes for yourself or just to play around with? Is it just a, you know, something you want to, you know, tinker with? You know, and I or 
you know, is it something that you want to, you know, mobile DJ weddings and things like that? You know, all of those things have very specific, you know, decision points and, and, and things that you'll do based on those, uh, on the answers to those questions. And then, and then I let out with, you know, this is what we do at the passionate DJ all the the time, you know, shameless self-promotion. Here's a couple of links. Check us out. If you got any more questions, feel free to hit me up. You know, don't feel, you know, feel free to start with episode 68 baller on a budget. (laughs) Right. So, you know, and it's, and it's, it's exactly what he was talking about there. You know, just to remember, not just having fun and all of that stuff, but like, you know, what is it that you're, what, what is your path? What, you know, be, be clear and, and know, you know, within yourself, what it is that you're wanting to, to pursue. Yeah. I've been on a bit of a kick with this lately. Like I've always said, you know, I kind of turned it into a little easy line, which was there are a lot of different kinds of DJs and a lot of reasons for those DJs to exist. Sure. I've always said that, but I've really been kind of clinging to this idea that lately that, uh, there's room for DJing, you know, there's room in your life for that at any level that you want to let it in. Right. Right. So it doesn't have to be, for example, like when we get messages from, from people who say my parents won't let me become a DJ kind of thing. Okay. We, we get those occasionally. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I think that a lot of the concern there is like, it's going to, you know, like take the place of schoolwork or or a career or something, you know what I mean? And like what one thing that we want to present to people is like, hey, there's at any level that you want to to have this in your life, we want to have you on board and, right. and talk to you about it, you right. know, and, and, and enjoy it. Because, you know, for some per, some people that are in our listening audience, they might only have a chance to, you know, get behind the decks once a month. You know right. what I mean? And they need that one day. They need that one Sunday a month where they just get lost in their own head and play some tunes and stuff, you know. Right. That could describe me a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's just how it goes. And, you know, the next person might play five gigs in a week. In a week you know right. what I mean? And that's what right. they want to do. And they want, they want to go full bore into it and they want it to be their career. You know, the next person might want to start a uh, mobile DJ business and they want to kind of build around that idea. There's, there's so many different angles and there's so many ways to let it in your life and you can scale it at whatever level makes sense for you. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. Right. And I don't know why I'm so obsessed with that idea right now, but it's just something that's sticking with me. I think it's because we see so many hard lines in the sand. Yes. You know, and that, and that just, that fatigues people like us who are a little more pragmatic and you know when you see all those hard lines this is what a dj is and this is what a dj is and this is what it means to be a dj and this is what you should do if you are a dj and all of that it it becomes very exhausting yeah when you've been around as long as you know us or even people longer than us and all of that like i mean even dj craze you know Mm -hmm. when we interviewed him was able to say look you know I've got my ideas of what a DJ is, mm-hmm. but that's not taking away from what a DJ is for other people. And, you know, how can I hate on that if this definition of DJ exists and people dig that? Yep. Right. Know? So like, and it just Who am I the, to say that this is what all DJ should be. Right. Right. So, so to your point there, I, I, I think that that's, 
that's my idea of why we circle around that idea a lot here on the show. I think you're right because it's, I mean, it, it, yeah, you're absolutely right because I, I get frustrated with that personally for sure when I see like you're not a real DJ, DJ unless this right. or real DJ, DJs use pioneer cdjs or right. techniques 1200s or and it's, it's not always gear but that's just an easy sure, right. <laughs> easy go-to right? right but you know even if it's a a, a real dj plays in this way or mm-hmm. plays to this crowd or markets themselves this way and one thing that i've noticed after doing this show for long enough is that there's a lot of people that are making it work in a lot of different ways mm-hmm. you know it's not always the the uh, producer DJ who gets on stage and plays festival crowds. Right. You know, we talk about that context a lot, but that's not always the goal and that's not always what everybody does. Right. Right. And it's not always the strict mobile wedding DJ or, you know, there's yep. so many different ways to do this. And, yep. you know, Mo gave a good example earlier, but there's a million of those. And, right? and I think the reason why we as a team have just scratch our heads when we hear people say that is because, I mean, Dave is a, individual, you know, small business owner, you know, you have, you know, you're a computer programmer, I'm in the military, you know, and we all find ways. And I mean, we all have families, we all have families, (laughs) you know, Tony is the one that's on the road, you know, producing all these, you know, pretty decent sized shows in in our, in our little bitty town of Dayton. But yet we all still find ways to get DJing into our lives. And then like me, I'm like the, the, ADD DJ, you know, <laughs> I've done DJ. Like I did my, yeah, while I was gone, one of the other things I forgot to mention is I did that annual breast cancer fundraiser. So I have my CrossFit competition, but this, you know, feeds into this annual fundraiser. There were like, I don't know, 300 people there. You know, we raised $128,000 for that. Wow. You know, to go all to go towards a lot of nickels for yeah. that many shit ton of nickels. Yeah, yeah. Well, they got some deep pockets, man. <laughs> oh, oh, and I'm gonna put, I'll send you the pictures of the place, this quote unquote barn that we had this at. It was like half a football field, wow. you know. Mm. But anyway, uh, but you know, me doing gigs that big, and then like, you know, I think I have a daddy daughter dance at an elementary school here in a couple weeks, mm. and then I have DJ, you know, the full football season where you know you know, doing one shots and all that stuff. But then, you know, I did a show at therapy in between all of this too, where I don't know, maybe there were 20 people there, hmm. you know, and all those different things required different skill sets and different types of music. So am I not a real DJ because I don't do one type of DJ? Right, I'm a right, DJ right. because I, I get behind the decks and I play music. I, I, I think that know. that makes you a, a more well-rounded DJ. Right. Like right. I saying I'm fat. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. No, I mean, like the, uh, that impresses me. Like when I, when I see a DJ who is, you know, for, for as much preaching as I do about this, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like when I see a DJ who takes that skill set and that knowledge and applies it in a different way, okay, how, how does, how can I take what I know about playing music to people and make it work in this particular scenario? Mm-hmm. And like to me, that's the entire point of Passionate DJ. Mm-hmm. Like that's what made me start this was like, Okay, there are a lot of re- a lot of approaches, and there are a lot of reasons. How can we talk about all of this and, and learn from each other? Yep. You know what I mean. And that that's where that's why I focus so much early on on passion and purpose. You know, it's not just I really really like music and I, I want to spin big club, right? It's like yeah. there are reasons right. <laughs> to, for us to exist, and how do we? what's the psychology behind this? What are the, what can we learn about 
music and people overall that will make us better DJs. Right, right. Regardless of venue, regardless of the type of DJing that we do. Yeah, and like, but going back to what Brain said, you know, at one point when I decided I was going to start this, it was because I liked and loved music. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I had those fears. You know, I didn't know what I was supposed to do, but I had to get out there and do it. You know, and that was the same for me. Like I, I've been quote unquote playing around with music since I was a kid. Right. You know, right. whether it was with dual deck cassette players and making mixtapes yep. or like my, my first couple of computers where I figured out how to get audio onto the computer and then how to cut pieces of it out. And like, oh, this opens up a whole new world. Mm-hmm. Like I just wanted to make sound do stuff. Right. right. And so I was doing this for my, my own enjoyment. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that I get to take that, that same kind of skill and then show it to other people and share it with people. And right. then if I get one person to relate to it, if I get yep. one person in the crowd that looks at me and or gives me the fist bump or something like that, then I'm like, yes, I made a connection with a human <laughs> right. through my music yep. or right. through, through presenting music in a certain, in a certain context. Way. Right, right. Context, sorry. And, and that's just, that's what it's all about for me. Yeah. And that's, that's what it is to be a passionate DJ. I think. Amen to that. I don't know. It's like you said, man, when, when, when people get so hung up on the minutia. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, but I think for this era of, quote, DJs, we didn't really have this when we were starting with the social media and everything and people saying, well, this is what a DJ is and this is what a DJ is. Well, it's sort of, but not sort of, but not really. Um, because, I mean, even just look at gear. Like gear back when I started anyway, it was two, two turntables turn and a mixer. Yeah. Like, you know, if, it was either if, Gemini or Pioneer. I it, think, and if back you then. if you wanted to get fancy, then it would be four turntables, you know, mm. or something like that. Yeah. But like, and you might have a sampler, he, he, right? Or the you know the Pioneer five hundred was out by the time I I started okay. DJing. So you know there Damn, was. Damn, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't saying I was playing on a five hundred every weekend. I'm just saying. But, that was um, the Cadillac, right? Yeah. No <laughs> doubt. Like two thousand dollars back then yeah. was actually. I think it was like what fourteen, fifteen hundred, or something like something that. Something like that. But I remember the nine hundred being like two grand. Well, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, so there was there was just this Im- implied definition of this is this is this is the gear that a DJ uses. uses. So. There wasn't really much to argue about. Then Pioneer right. starts coming out with like the early CDJs and stuff like that. And those were okay. Like I had a CDJ 100S and it was okay. It was, I think that was one of the first ones that had the jog wheel on, on the top yeah. and had a couple of effects built into it, but it was still pretty like clunky to not clunky. I guess it was like, it was new. It was, it was okay. Like I, I I used it every now and then to play out something that I had written poorly, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, and I just wanted to test it out, you know. So like if I was like playing a smaller club night, you know, fifty maybe a hundred people, that sort of thing, and then I would pop in one of my CDs with a track that I had written just to try it out and see if people dug it or not. Um, but you know, it, as far as like. Back then, it, the the minutia or or you know all of the the pointing of what a DJ is, you know a lot of that came through whatever genre you were you know circling mm. around, like that that whole thing about you're not a DJ if you don't scratch thing. I say, what do you mean hip hop versus yeah. everything yeah. else? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't because, remember a lot of trans DJs scratching right when no. I was younger. Well, and and like 
I, I, I had this thing where like, what I would do is every now and then, or not even every now and then, it was practically every set, but it was usually like somewhere in the middle of my sets. I would like take these trance records that would have, you know, especially long intros and, and yeah. outros. And when I would be, and I would, and I would specifically wait to get it to where it was as minimal as possible and then do some fader freaking in between them mm. with some effects so that I could like create like this, like little bit of a soundscape between some delay or echo or whatever, but I'm still fader freaking, you know, kind of borrowing that method from, you know, uh, hip hop and drum and bass DJs that mm. I had seen perform. And then what was happening is then there were other people who were watching me and they were like, man, that's one busy trance DJ. <laughs> <laughs> but, now, you know, but and I was winning people over that way, you know, and then they like there, there would be some people who uh, one guy specifically, he was like, I've never seen a trance DJ play trance like drum and bass. You, you've won me over. And I'm like, oh. he's like, I still hate trance, but <laughs> you're good. And I'm like, okay, but I still never like learned how to scratch and, you know, as, as my musical taste as a DJ, you know, expanded, then like, you know, I'm still a hip hop fan. And when I would go to hip hop shows, you know, the hip hop, the underground hip hop shows here, we're not talking about like your big time, you yeah. know, headlining rappers. We're talking about local DJ crews. And those guys are, are people that I have always looked up to as a DJ because I have never been able to really develop that skill as a DJ. Now I, I haven't worked at it nearly as hard as they have, but you know, uh, like off, the, I mean, just off the top of my head, you know, we're talking like 1200 hobos and, um, uh, Mr. Dibs and, and, and that whole, uh, and the, and the knucklehead crew. And we're talking about like here in Dayton, the scratchmatic crew. Like, I mean, we're, we're talking like, you know, these are all, you know, people that I hold up on a pedestal, yeah. Yeah. um, because they are our local DJ heroes, you know, and I'm sure there's others, um, but those are just the ones that come off the top of my head. But, you know, as a DJ, you know, to, to, to hear that, you know, 20 years ago that you're not a real DJ if right. you don't scratch and if you don't do this, that or the other. See, and it's funny you say that because now it's making me think back to when I was in my earlier days. No one ever said it to me, but I intentionally didn't identify myself as a hip hop DJ because I couldn't scratch. Mm -hmm. right, right. And I opted for jungle and drum and bass because to me that was just not as challenging. But all the other guys that were scratching, they were like, oh, I can't fuck with that. I'm like, oh, well, this is going to be my shit That's then. Right, right. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. So I guess internally with me wanting to be good at what I was doing, you know, at that point, I didn't, I couldn't, I didn't see myself be getting to the level of, of, of scratching that my friends were at. I was just like, let right. me go a different direction. Right. You know what frustr frustrates me about that that kind of conversation when you have somebody tell you what a, what a real DJ is, you know, or, and and I don't mean like specifically any one thing like scratching or playing on turntables or whatever you associate with hashtag real DJing or you know, but <laughs> right, like right. the thing that's frustrating about that is those same people who will say stuff like that are going to be the same ones that are going to you know, talk about how uh, the art form of DJing and how, and preserving the art of DJing and how it's not the same as it used to be and blah, 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 blah. And if DJing is, if we want to treat DJing like an art form and a, and a 
a form of expression and we want to add a human element to DJing, then why do we want to make it a freaking like paint by numbers thing? Right, right. right. Like, why do you want to encase it and put it in a right. box? Yeah. Why do we want? Why do we want to put those limitations around it? Why sure. you? Why do you get to tell me what the wireframe is that I have to fit my parameters of DJing in? It's and if I can. If I were no, you can't. <laughs> You're doing it. <laughs> if 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 I were to make any assumption on that, then I would say it's uncomfortability because like and and like they feel threatened. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, myself, I mean, take I I I identify with that because when you know. Final scratch comes out, mm. and I, I remember seeing Tony. <laughs> I remember seeing Tony, and You're I remember cheating. yeah, I remember watching him, and I was all like, "He's using a laptop." Well, he's not even beat matching. Like, what is this? What is this crap? What is this witchcraft? Right, like Tony used to be good, man. Tony <laughs> sucks. Just, you know, like, you know no, I, but it was just a fundamental misunderstanding of what it was that he was doing and of the technology that he was using. You know, if there's any one thing that's going to be constant, it's change, right? Like, and, and technology is only going to continue to advance and, and bring about new ways of doing things and to make those things that we once consider, you know, fundamental mechanical, like, um, uh, skills, that all of that is going to continue to change. Like, you know, I was joking earlier when I said I'm thankful for the sync button, but <laughs> oh shit. <Real>? <laughs> but <laughs> delete, 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 delete. But, um, you know, but it, it's those types of things that are going to continue to evolve and change. You know, we've got uh, software that detects keys. We've got stuff that we've got software that will, uh, hold a key, no matter what tempo you put it into. We've got, you know, all kinds yeah, the, of stuff yeah, like that. Key lock and all yeah, that stuff. all yeah. of those things. And is it all cheating, you know, in air quotes there, but like, I, it, it depends on your perspective. And for me, before I got into Serato, I was like, yeah, that shit's cheating. You know, that, you know? but then like, as I started to get into digital DJing and seeing that it's just another tool. It, it, you know, it allows you the chance to really kind of explore and do other things. You know, yeah. if all you do is use those things to do the bare minimum, you know, if all your if if what your goal to do is to push a button and DJ today, you can do that. Mm. You know, is that cheating? You know, there's a difference between morality and ethics, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, I take that back. There's a there's a difference between morality, ethics, and legality, right? Right. So, like, you know, when you when you talk about you know those types of things, like, yeah, there's a big gray area and all of that, and it comes back to what is your why? Why are you doing this? What's your end game? And for those of us who who really strive to preserve the craft, or or at least our definition of the craft, like you have to at least embrace all of these things in uh, such a way that you, you acknowledge that they exist and let the people that gravitate towards those tools, let them use them as they will and do what it is that they do because they're going to come up with whatever they come up with. And you don't want to stifle somebody coming up with something awesome because exactly they're using the sync button, you know, like it, it, yeah. that's, that's such a moot point to me in, in this day and age. Am I one that uses the sync button? No, but you know what I do? 
I do look at the beat, the, the BPMs. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, when I'm playing on CDJs or if I'm playing in Serato, I mean, it's right there in front of your damn face. I mean, I don't have to have a beat counter or, yeah, or I, not, don't, I don't have to have a sync button. You're not a real to, DJ unless you put tape over the... <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and I'm not arguing one way or the other for those tools, but even if you use all those tools, there's still a certain amount of skill that's involved because if... Right. I think Tony was talking about, well, if, the, if your tracks are gridded wrong you know, and you hit sync, it's still going to be whacked, whacked out. And if you don't know how to fix it, right. You know, which is why we say over and over again, like there's value in learning these fundamental skills. Yeah. Correct. Right. That yeah. like when we are never arguing that you should never learn how to beat match that's right. n- or, or whatever. Right. It's like, yeah. not if our anything, point. we argue the opposite. Yeah. Because if you know the history behind it and you know, you know how all of this came about, then it's that knowledge that gives you more power. Yeah. You know, or it gives you it gives you more ability to 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 be freer and to bend rules and to and to take chances. And in my my real job in the Air Force, I I, I do ultrasound, and I train people how to do ultrasound for a large like about eight years of my career. And one of the things I would always do starting off is I would take off all these extra bells and whistles and quote, you know, something relative to like the sync button. I would, I would deactivate all these, these nice things, these tools. Mm -hmm. And I would make the students learn with basically the rudimentary elements Mm -hmm. of that equipment. So that way, when it came time to turn on all those fancy things, they'd be like, Oh, well I get it. And and the reason doing that is that law of primacy, the way you learn the first is the, what sticks in your brain. Mm -hmm. So by making them learn on a quote, you know, shittier uh, right. piece of equipment in theory because I dialed everything down that when they got the fancy stuff, they're like, oh, everything's way easier. Why, right. why was it so hard when I was a, at school? That's if a part you, of mastery, yeah. right? right? Like that's how that's how that happens. You put me on a set of Gemini XL 502s right now and I bet you I can hold a beat with them just as well as I did with, as I can with a, right, a Technique SL 1200. You'll just be annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I will be very annoyed, but I'll hold a damn beat. <laughs> just on general principle. Right. right. Yeah, I mean, you, you can take any of these arguments like, you know, infinitum ad absurdum right you you can take like oh you're only a real dj if you hold a piece of vinyl in your hand and spin it around on a pencil and (laughs) hold a cactus thorn with a with a styrofoam cup (laughs) right right okay wily coyote (laughs) how how far do we want to take this right Right, like so at at a certain point you just when you hear comments like that and i'm I'm sure especially when young and newer djs hear comments like that they it they just turn it off they just okay old man right because we'll we'll get off your lawn just let me have my football right please (laughs) because nobody wants i mean it's it's you know you you can make this argument uh, manual transmission versus automatic transmission versus you not know, double clutching like you should. <laughs> <laughs> Granny Shipton when she'd be double clutching. Yeah, we had a whole Fast and Furious conversation before the show. But I mean, same kind of thing, right? Like, okay, yeah, but but put somebody with the last name Andretti behind, mm. <laughs> behind an automatic right. transmission behind Hugo, car yeah. right. and tell me they don't know what the hell they're doing. Right, right, right. exactly. And tell me they're not going to do something impressive with that. Right. If you don't have the skill, no matter what technology or button you push you still need to have those fundamental skills right you know because eventually technology will fail you 
you know, I, in, in your world trip, you know, oh, in, yeah. in computers right. and Dave, you know, you're a computer guy as well. And I, you know, kind of an, am a computer guy. And when that stuff, when that technology fails and you don't know how to make it work when those special buttons don't work anymore, mm. you're kind of screwed. Well, right. I think that's what artistry is about. It's, it's not taking everything all the way down to the bare minimum and then creating something. It's taking whatever tools and technology and whatever you have at your disposal and turning that into something. Right. And can you just put in a CD and hit play and then you have a DJ set? You play that in front of a crowd and you have a DJ set? Yeah, but I wouldn't call that artistry, right? So I'm not going to support that. But that doesn't mean ban all sync buttons. Like, that's right, not the same right. thing. Right, right, right. So just, you know, bringing this back to uh, to our voicemail from DJ Brains here, you know, we, we, we had uh, plans to record a totally different topic and this, right? this kind of <laughs> derailed us, but I'm, I'm glad it did because this was you know, a great conversation. Would you say that you're thankful I, for it? I would say I'm thankful for <laughs> it, exactly. Go. Thankful for some brains, yo. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, thank you for bringing that question in. Yeah. And uh, I guess to wrap this one up, you know, the Thanksgiving you know, especially like what the day after Thanksgiving, or is the day before Thanksgiving? Oh, yeah. That's oh, the, yeah. yeah. Uh, like this big bar night. Is that what it's called? I mean, there's a name for that night, isn't there? Uh, I don't. I don't know if there's a name for oh. it, but I, I I do know that it's like the most profitable night for bars, bars and clubs yeah. because yeah, all here the in college. The States, anyway, ha, ha, yeah. Have all, you guys ever played a night like that? Oh yeah, yeah. There's a. Yeah. Uh, and any memories you want to share with us? Or <laughs> no, not. I mean, not really. I mean, it, there's um, there's a long running series in Cincinnati that I, I've played several versions uh, or several iterations of that of that series. Um, and, and in years past, I mean, some of, you know, the, some have gone well and some have not gone so well, but, um, it, so I, I've, I've done plenty of those and that one seemed to have the monopoly in, mm. in the area anyway. So other than that, other than that series, I haven't really played too many. Like I said, I played small times to like self-promoted shows back before sure. when I was like super green and didn't really know anybody. I think right. I, you know, I played some stuff at uh, night owl, you know, local dive that we had here for, for a number of years, oh, but right. I don't think I've ever played a, a big one. Yeah. Being um, a bartender in a former life, I'd, didn't really care for that night. No. But it's like almost like it's one of those deals where like no one's off that night. Yeah. Because everybody and their mom shows up because right. all the college kids come home, you know, from wherever they are respectively. Yep. And now I've never DJed a show. Um, I think we talked to Tony about this one time, but he was saying like a lot of places won't even bother hiring out a DJ because they know they're going to get money that yeah. night. Yeah. yeah. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who cares if who cares if I'm using uh, a jukebox or whatever? Yeah. What's yeah. that thing called? <laughs> Touch tunes, touch tunes, yeah. yeah. I got DJ a touch tune subscription. Juicy juice. Yeah. <laughs> DJ iPhone, right? But uh, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm thankful that uh, you know the the topic that we had got derailed because you know while some of that may have sounded like a bitch session, I mean it's all stuff that like you know it, these are common themes that keep coming up and and uh, especially in our interactions with our audience and with, uh, the, with the ambassadors and, and even just with other G DJs in general, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm in a bunch of forums and a, in a bunch of like Facebook groups and stuff like that. And, and it is, I mean, all of, all of these things are, are, are topics that are always bubbling up to the surface. So it, it's it, for to me, it's good to revisit these things every so often and, uh, and have little powwows like this. It's about time to kick that hornet's nest and get that, uh, manual beat matching article to go viral again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just, I don't want anybody to ever 
you know, we, we get a lot of new DJs and we've been addressing new and younger DJs yeah, that's true. recently. And I don't, I don't ever want any of them to find the show and then think that they have to be, they have to fit a particular paradigm to be called a DJ. Right. Because while we are a bunch of old men sitting on our porch <laughs> screaming at you, get off my lawn, yeah. you know, but no, um, you know, we, I mean, we have people like Angus in Australia who I think he's like 14. Mm hmm. And then we had Avery a couple of weeks ago who called in and said, Hey, it sounds awesome, but I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> right. You know, right, like right. that's a blank yeah. canvas that we want to, we want to help with that. Right, right. 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 We want, you know, whatever Avery wants to do with this, we want to support because yeah. Yeah. it's artistic expression yeah, and that's absolutely. not our place to tell her yeah, what that she's is. She's going to be right. the DJ she wants to become. And if we can help facilitate that, then damn it, we did our job. Absolutely. I think that's a good place to wrap up. That's perfect. Anything Happy else? Thanksgiving, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Just a reminder, once again, we are uh, finally starting to put some content up on YouTube. So follow us at youtube.com forward slash passionate DJ. And if you have any questions that you would like to derail the show with <laughs> and have us go on a rant about, hit up passionatedj.com and click the voicemail link and we would love to address it. And until then... This has been the Passionate DJ Podcast. You guys take care. Later. Easy. space likes do we have <laughs> not nearly as many as tiesto <laughs> nice. did you you did get to listen to those while we were gone was that one of your oh that was hilarious one of your favorite I, moments from <laughs> absolutely because i i listened to i was listening to all those things as i was driving to all the boys' games yeah and i think i almost got an accident when you uh mentioned tiesto's gabillion face or myspace likes tiesto's myspace likes and and white raver rafting yes white raver rafting yes <laughs> the highlights i, I even taught the kids at work about the white raver rafting yeah yeah that's that's, that's pretty shit. glorious yeah